0: never meant to live in fear. Amen. Hey, hey, hey. I see your faces. I see your faces. Now, that does not mean that we don't take precautions. does not mean that we don't wash our hands. All you simply have to do, saints of God, is to continuously to wash your hands with hot water and soap. Amen. That's it. That's it. If you get sick, amen. Just take precautions. Amen. If you're coughing, if you don't feel your best, just stay home and get some rest. But you don't have to allow this to cause you to be anti social you are not like people. Amen. Don't want to deal with nobody. Amen, amen. amen. I, I see you looking at me, and I'm looking right back at you. Amen. You don't have to be afraid. We don't have to live in fear, but we take precautions. Amen. 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 We take precautions. We don't have to live in fear. We don't have to live in fear. Don't be afraid. If you don't want to shake somebody's hand, just, hey, give them the fist bump. Give them the elbow. Amen. We'll be all good to go. Amen. It's still love in Jesus' name. Let's go to the Word of God. John chapter 6. John chapter 6. Amen. John chapter 6. Amen. I got to take my time this morning because if I go short, amen, that interferes with children's church and they get mad at me. Amen. So we got to take our full time today. Amen. And share what the Lord has to say to us. John chapter six. John chapter 6, amen. I'm excited about being thank in the house God. of the Lord. Amen. I'm not concerned about who's not here. I'm just glad that you're here, but most of all, that Jesus is here. Yes, amen. Hallelujah. So if he's not here, our coming is in vain, but we thank God that he is here. John chapter 6, starting at verse 5, 5 through 13. I want to read. Just give me a little bit more on the monitors to help me out. Amen. Starting at chapter, starting at verse 5, John chapter 6, verse 5. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation of the Bible, and it reads as this, Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, one of his disciples, he said, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? Verse 6. He was testing Philip, uh, for he already knew what he was going to do. Philip replied. Even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. He says, there's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? tell everyone verse 10 to sit down Jesus said so they all sat down on the grassy slope the the, the men alone numbered about 5,000 once you include the women and children you're looking at over 15,000 people that were there Verse eleven: Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, and distributed them to the people. Afterward, he did the same with the fish, and they all ate so much they all ate they all ate as much as they wanted. In other words, they got the items at the end. Praise the Lord! After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, "Now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted." So they picked up the pieces and filled twelve baskets with scraps left by the master who had been eating um, who had eaten from the five barley loaves. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, Neighbor. I don't know about you, you. but I have to trust him. But I have to. Oh, that was a wrong neighbor. They said that with no conviction. Look at your other neighbor and say, neighbor, I don't know about you. Hey, Amen. But I have to trust him. Amen. Hey, Turn around and fist bump five people, three people around you say, I have to trust him. I have to trust him. I have to trust him. Amen. <laughs> hey, I'm for real about the fist bump. Hey, Amen. Just five. Just five. I have to trust him. I have to trust him. I have to trust him. Father, we thank you for your word and the power of your word, the strength of your word, the enlightenment of the word of your word, the encouragement of your word. We thank you, Lord God, that your word is still sharper than, than, two, two, than any two-edged sword that cuts going in and coming out. God, thank you that your word brings about revelation, but transformation also in our lives once we apply it. And we ask it all in the precious name of Jesus. We pray and all of God's people said, amen. I have to trust him. It was a few years ago, maybe about, oh gosh, we weren't even married yet, maybe nine, ten years ago, I was just having a great day, began to um, check my mail, and in that mail was a uh, a, a note of a bill that had been outstanding that I had no idea, Sister that was outstanding, I had no idea that this bill even existed. And so I made the phone call, that's what they did, say on the paper to call them so that you can be able to set up a payment plan or whatever. So I did just what the paper said to do. And so I called, I call, I began to discuss with them a payment plan. They said, sir, you're so far behind on this bill that there is no way that we can be able to set up a payment plan. So wait a minute, oh my gosh, what are you talking about there? Has to be an option. You all said in your letter to call you guys so that we could be able um, to set up some type of payment plan. But now you're telling me that there is no way that we can be able to set up a payment plan. There's a problem now, Elder Corey, because now they're saying so that so that your checks won't be garnished. You have to make a payment of over four hundred dollars a month for the next six months in order to bring it all the way to where it needs to be. And once you do that at the end of the six months, then we can be able to. To talk about a payment plan. I said, hey, the way my account is set up, you have no idea what you're asking me to do. There is no way possible I can be able um, to pay my rent, pay my car note, pay my bills and all the other things that I have going on and give you this extra 400 plus. It was almost close to $500 a month that they're asking for for the next six months. I said, there is no way, no way, no way, no way. I might have said something else in the midst of that too. There is no way that I can be able to make this payment for the next six months consistently like that so that my checks won't be garnished what did I do I said man I'm upset I'm mad I'm angry I'll go over to elder um elder Hodges house I stopped over there all the time just talked to our call the granny. I come coming the house she says she said how your day been going I said the granny my day ain't been that great I got a bill in the mail they're telling me it's so far behind that they're not going to be able um, to make a make a payment plan with me until I make these payments over 400 some dollars a month month for the next six months I don't know what I'm going to do right. now I went over there to talk to Granny to be able to get some encouragement but I just knew I just knew I just knew um, that granny was going to say hey you know what son let me be a blessing to you and just help you out with that I may not be able to do the full thing but let me just give you a little something on it um, to be able to do it and she said well, and I was just waiting for the grand moment of her being able to intervene herself and just come in there and just be a financial blessing. She said, Now it sounds like you're going to have to do what you've been teaching us to do. All right. Uh, I, 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 I. I forgot about Green. I said, Elder Hodges, what do you mean? What do you mean? What what, what do you mean? What I, I, I need to do what I've been telling you all that you said. You've been teaching and preaching to us about faith and trust in God. Now you're going to have to live out what you've, been, what you've been preaching and teaching us. You're going to have to be you're going to have to be in the pew now and take your own words of what you have been preaching and teaching to us. I did not like the words she gave me at that moment because I wanted her to humanly intervene and get involved in my situation but I'm so glad that she did that because if she had got involved in the situation then I would have been looking to her as my source and never have experienced God to be my source never never experiencing God to literally be my daily bread and provide for you. Let me tell you what the Lord did in the midst of that. By her telling me that and her encouraging me it led me to be able to look to God to have faith and trust in him in realizing my own limitations but in the midst of realizing my own limitations it helped me to it helped me to be able to realize that i serve a limitless god yeah. It helped me to be able to realize that it did not matter what the amount was. God was testing to see can you trust me over the next six months that I can be able to provide for you? Can you have enough trust? Give me a little bit more in the monitor. Can you have enough trust in me to have faith, to believe and know that I can be able to provide for you on top of everything else that you have going on? Can you look to me as your source? Can you put your faith and reliance upon me not in anybody else, not in something else. In other words, can you completely take your hands off of the situation and trust me enough that I can be able to provide for you. Can I tell you something? That's all the Lord wants from us. We're good right there. That's all the Lord wants from us. He wants us to be able to completely trust to completely rely, to completely give everything over to him in our lives in realizing that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever ask, yes. think or wish. But when we talk about this, when we, when we talk about this, when we talk about this, the main key thing is trust. Everybody say trust. trust. Everybody say trust again. Pastor swords, what are you talking about? What is trust? I like this definition of trust. Trust is completely, completely, completely granting uh, something or someone the authority or permission and or control over a particular situation. Trust. Is completely granting something or someone authority, permission, and or control over a particular situation or situations. Oh my goodness! All of us, all of us, all of us. If you keep on living just a little bit longer, you're going to have some moments in your life that the only one that's going to be able to bail you out is going to be God. You keep on living just a little bit longer. You will go to the doctor and just having a great old oh, happy old oh, day, and you will receive some news from the doctor that does that's not, that's not sit well with your flesh. If you keep on living and trusting and believing in God on this side of heaven, you're going to experience some financial situations in your life. If you keep on living, you're going to have some relationship issues, some marriage issues, some, some family issues that will get you to a place that all you can do Mother Simon is trust and believe in God to do yeah. what? Well, to turn the entire situation around. But get this, you nothing will turn around nothing will change Mm -hmm. until we do one word trust him And in trusting him, let me take my time this morning because y'all ain't saying nothing to me. So let me take my time real quick. Uh, uh, When we talk about trust, it's not just a word that we live. It's a lifestyle that we live. It's not just a word that we say. But trusting God is a lifestyle that is not just something that you can pick up and put down when you want to. Trust has to be something that you are living out every day of your life. Because if we're not trusting God daily in our lives, saints of God, we will find ourselves being overwhelmed with fear, being overwhelmed with anxiety. We will find ourselves carrying more burdens in life well. than what we should. Nothing will change, nothing will turn around, nothing will transform unless we completely trust God. But here it is, if we're going to completely grant something or someone authority, if we're going to completely give him permission to be able to have control over our particular situation, here it is, saints of God, I know, I know, I know, because I struggle with it too. I know I'm going to bust your boat, but I got to walk on this one because y'all still ain't saying nothing to me this morning, so I'm going to come down to where you are, amen, so that you can feel what I'm saying. If we're really going to trust God, Deacon Baker, that means it can no longer be a fight over control of our lives. Oh, because what we do, what we do, let me grab this rope um, to illustrate. Amen. Because what we do, come here forward, come here forward. What we do, what we do is a tug of war that we have with God. And you don't have to say it with your words. I know we all have done it. We all have been there. Some point in our lives. We all have been there. It's been a tug of war. And what we have done is we have categorized our lives and said, Okay, God, I'll trust you with this. But I still want to have some control over this. God, I will give you my health. God, I will give you my family. God, I will give you this. I will give you that. But we won't fully give him access and control over our lives. So what ends up happening is we're in a tug of war with God. We say, okay, God, listen, I know you are sovereign. And listen, and we're saying this. We're lifting up holy hands. We're saying how good God is, how great he is. But we're still trying to fight for control and give him And so we get to a point where God no longer is trying to let go. Don't let go yet, God. Come on, I don't need you to let go, God. Don't let go. And so we get to a point where we have, we're at the end of our roads and we got everything going on. And we're still trying to fight God for control. And we're still trying to outweigh God. And we still think that we're stronger than God. Uh, We think that we're stronger than God. We think that we're mightier than God. We think that we're better than God. And we're struggling. And we're adding more stress on ourselves than what we need to with all we have to do is say God I'm sick of this I'm tired of being overwhelmed I'm tired of being depressed I'm tired of being down I'm tired of being overwhelmed God I'm going to give you permission to have access to every area of my life though it's scary though I don't know what the end may be but God I trust you enough that if you gave me life you can be able to handle my life aren't you glad this morning that God is not overwhelmed with our humanity, but he's able to take on everything, every trouble, every irritation, every frustration that we have in life. God is able yes, he is. to handle yes, it. Thank you, God. So we're going to trust him. We're going to trust him. You have to relinquish control over your life, over the situation, and allow God to be God. I like this story because it's such a powerful story that you can preach from it from so many different angles. But it shows our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, at his best. Here it is. Jesus just finished preaching, teaching, sharing. I mean, just doing awesome and amazing ministry. And there's a great crowd. There's a great crowd. There's a great crowd That's coming, looking for Jesus. I I love this part because this helps us to be able to realize something about ministry. We talked about this on this past Wednesday um, in midweek Bible study that Jesus was always sensitive to the needs of people. He saw the crowd approaching. He saw the people coming. And so the first thing that Jesus does, he inquires. He inquires of his disciple. He inquires of his disciple. Where can we buy food to be able to feed All these people. Jesus is moved by the people. He realized that they have needs that need to be met. Jesus realized we cannot send them to their final destination without meeting their needs. They have come to this point where they have the opportunity to be able to come in contact with the Savior of the world uh-huh. that can be able to transform yeah. their entire lives. Jesus asks the question What do we need to do? How much food do we have? What what, what, uh, what can we buy? How much bread can we buy? Where can we buy, buy bread to be able? able to feed all of these people but I like verse 6 right there. He says he was testing Philip for he already knew what he was going to do. Here it is. This is good news right here. saints to God. We are able to trust God because he's always in control. Oh my goodness. I love that. That makes me happy. I know you're sitting there and that don't make you happy but that really makes me happy in knowing that no matter what comes up in my life though it may have surprised me sister Stephanie it never surprises God. Even though it's overwhelming me it is never overwhelming god i'm so glad to know that whatever i encounter in this life on this side of heaven that god is always in control i like that part because he's testing philip he's testing philip what is he trying to test philip for he's testing philip to see will you believe will will you go on with your knowledge of the situation or will you trust and have faith in me Will I find enough sufficiency in ourselves and what I can be able to do or how I can be able to fix the situation? Or will I trust the Lord in what he's able to do? But I like the latter part of verse six. He says, Jesus says, for he already knew what he was going to do. He already knew how he was going to make the way, but he was looking to see, do they have enough faith and trust in me? To believe me enough to do it. Don't you know that whatever you're facing in life right now in life, he already knows? He already knows. Though. Thank you, Lord. He's not shocked by it. He already knows what's happening. He already knew about the coronavirus and all that other stuff. He already knew. And we're sitting here losing it. I mean, taking all of the, uh, buying all the sanitizer out the store and, and wipes and everything. Paranoid, anxious. He already knew. He's looking to see. Will you trust me when it looks impossible? Will you trust me when it feels impossible? Will you trust me when it sounds impossible? Will you believe me enough? To show up and be Lord in your life. And do you believe me enough to know that I'm always in control? And because he's always in control, saints of God, we can rest. Oh my goodness. I yes. wish somebody would hear me this all morning. Right. Because he is always in control, we can be able to rest. That's why the hymn writer said, what a friend we have in Jesus. All our need is, all we have to do is take all of our burdens, all of our cares to him in prayer. The Bible tells us to cast all of our cares on him, for yes. he cares yes. for us, we can be able to rest in the sovereign hand of God in knowing that he is always, always. in control. Amen. Thank you, God. Always in control. Thank you, Lord. Never without a plan. He is always in control. Look at verse 7. It says, Philip replied, Okay, Lord, we know you already know what you want to do, but look at what Philip says in verse 7. Philip replied, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them then Andrew and Simon Peter's brother spoke up. there's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish but what good is it with this huge crowd I love this part right here I love it I love it I love it I love it I love this part right here because Philip automatically Philip must have been a trustee he had to be over the money because as soon as Jesus came with the vision of what he wanted to do Philip said Oh, oh, oh hello pastor Jesus I don't know if we can be able to do that we done made budgets and stuff I mean we're doing alright right now but I don't think we have enough to be able to Feed all of these people. We got 5,000 women. You add the men and children. We're looking at 15,000 people. We don't have enough. He says we would have to work for months. Commentary says we would have to work for six months in order to be able to feed all of these people. Jesus says, Philip looks and says, okay, 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 okay. All we have, all we have is a little boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good will it do with this huge crowd? What good would this do, Jesus, if we got all these people? We have all of these needs. What what, what good would it do, Jesus, if we have all of these people with this huge need that they need and all we have is two fish and five loaves of bread? We don't have six months right now, Jesus, to be able to work, to save up enough money to be able to supply the needs that they have so we can do absolutely nothing in the moment. Have you ever looked at your bank account? Have you ever looked at what you have and said, oh my gosh, God, how in the world can I do this? How in the world can I be able to pay all my monthly bills, give my tithes, give my offering, give towards Oh no man, do all this other stuff, have my Amazon account, get my hair done, get my hair cut, get my lashes done? How can I do all of this, God, with everything that I have in my account? There is no way that I can be able to do that. Here is the thing that we have to understand, saints of God. It should never be that we depend more on our resources right, thank than we do God. <laughs> we should never get to a place because here is, let me tell you how, let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you how money plays such a valuable role in our lives. When our account is looking good, we good. <laughs> but when our account is looking cross-eyed, <laughs> Oh man, we I mean we got an attitude, we, we're anxious we can't think straight, we can't see straight, we, we can't move straight God is trying to get us to understand I don't need you to be moved by your resources, I need you to trust me, it has to be me over everything, whether you have your taxes or not, it has to be me over everything, your trust cannot be in what you have your trust has to be in the one that has you, that can be able to see you through every situation Situation that you face in life. Do you trust me? Or do you trust your resources? at that what Jesus is trying to get Philip to understand? You're coming to me and telling me about what you have, but you're talking to the one that's able to give life. You're talking to the one that's able to raise the dead. You're talking to the one that made blind eyes open. You're talking to the one that made the deaf to hear. You're talking to the one that made the lame to walk. So if I'm able to heal and do signs and wonder, surely I can feed 15,000 people, and God is saying the same thing to us. If I am the God of God, of the Bible and I did miracles then why can't I do miracles now if I am the God of the Bible and I brought your ancestors through and I bought big mama through and I bought Big grandma through if I'm the God of the Bible if I did it then I'm not constrained by time if I did it then I can do the same thing now but do you trust me Do you trust me because here it is, verses 7 through 9, here it is, here it is. We, what we see should never overshadow what he, can do. what he can do. Oh, God, I wish I had a church with me this morning. I really feel like preaching. He said, he said, what you see should never overshadow what God has the possibility of doing. Okay. He's looking, he's looking. He's looking at his resources. Philip says, wait a minute now. Wait a minute, Jesus. I know your heart, your heart is for people. and You really you really love people and you want to meet their needs. But we ain't got nothing. We would have to work six months in order to be able to have enough. We don't have enough time. Let's just go ahead. One gospel writer says, let's just go ahead and send them on their way. But Jesus said, no, you feed them. You take care of them. You provide for them. You do whatever it is that they need you to do. Meet the need that they have. But Philip is so busy looking at what they they have or what they don't have, right? But he missed. Mm. Who had them? Hey, that's it. Philip yeah. is looking. Thank you, God. At the account, Philip is looking at the fifteen thousand people sitting there, hungry, waiting on them to make a move. Right. We ain't got nothing, but he's missing the fact. But we have Jesus. And Jesus is right here. And Jesus is a miracle worker. And because he's a miracle worker, he can perform a miracle for us right here. He says, what do you have? What do you have? What do you have? What do you have? Do you have? He says, all right, there is a little boy. There's a little boy. There's a little boy. Look, look at verse 8. He says, there's a, little a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But once again, he looks with his eyes. But what good is it with this huge crowd? Barley loaves were known amongst the poor. This is what they used to be able, this is what they, is what they had in most times, only to be able to eat was just barley loaves of bread. Um, but then the commentary says that with the fish, the fish were the size of sardines. You're talking about food that poor people eat and fish that's the size of sardines and we got 15,000 people not including the disciples and Jesus that's hungry. But he's looking at what he sees with his eyes and he never sees by faith what Jesus can be able to do for them. Here it is, thanks to God, I'm trying to help no, us. I'm really no, no. I'm really trying to help us. We've been talking about getting out of debt. We've been talking about being a debt-free people. And I know that you may not be able to see yourself in that perspective right now. I know you may not be able to see yourself coming out of debt or being out of debt, some way out of debt come the end of this year. I know it sounds dumb to have $500 uh, emergency fund set up before the summer even comes or $1,000 before that by the end of the year. I know it sounds absolutely foolish and and dumb in doing so but here it is thanks to God some things some things we cannot afford to see with our human eyes some things we need to see by faith and believing and trusting in God that he is going to be able along with that human responsibility to be able to bring that thing to pass Jesus already knew what he was going to do but he's testing them to see will you allow what you see with your eyes right. to overshadow what I have the power to, to be able to do. Thank you, Lord. Why do we put God in a box? Why? 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 Why do we hinder miracles taking place in our lives? All because we put God in a box. Oh that, that, that was there that was just no way that God can be able to do that. We just down here in Southern Illinois, we just down here in little old Carbondale and Roman is down in the SIU businesses are closing up, people are leaving. There was just no way that can happen here. Can you see by faith what God is able to do for you? Yes. Can you visualize by faith the ways that he can be able to make for you? The provision he can be able to make for you. Can you see it by faith? Or will you constantly see with your eyes? And let me tell you this. If you constantly look with your eyes, well, Pastor, I got to deal with the reality of the matter. You're absolutely right. I have to deal with the reality of the matter and I have to balance it out with faith and keep it at the right tension because if I'm not careful, I will I will look at everything by my eyes and see it with my eyes and I'll walk around down and depressed. I'll walk around anxious and worried, but I have to balance that thing out and have my faith in God and say, God, I know that you're able to do exceedingly abundantly. God, I know that you're able to do signs and wonders god i know that you're able to heal i know that you're able to provide i know that you are able to do more than i could ever ask dream or think of i know what you're able to do but i have to be able to see it by faith and not always with my eyes he says, there's no way we got a little boy with two fish five loaves of bread but look at what jesus tells him to do in verse 10 Get some more. Tell everybody to sit down get everybody in their role, get everybody in their position, Jesus said. So, they all sat down on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered about 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, and distributed them to the people. Afterward, he did the same with the fish, and they all ate as much as they wanted. Do you all see what just happened? Do you all see what just happened? Jesus took what they had, and he didn't complain about what he had. He didn't overlook at what they had he took what he had gave it up to God and said Lord I thank you God yes yeah. I thank you, God, for what you are able to do. I thank you right now, God, by faith, for the ways that you are about to provide right before us. When is the last time, oh my gosh, that we stopped complaining about what we did not have? When was the last time that we stopped looking at what somebody else had and we didn't have it? When was the last time we just stopped in our tracks and looked towards heaven and said, God, I thank you for what you already have done. Pastor, what has he done? He has he hasn't done anything yet He has provided a way for me Right here I don't understand how the children of Israel come on. Come on, Pastor. Could walk in the wilderness Come on Sunday school For 40 years And complain against God And his leader When he provided Manna from heaven Every day. Okay yes. They walking Food just dropping. 40 years. They never outgrew their clothes. Their clothes stayed the same size. I want that diet plan, huh? For 40 years. 40 years they walk with God and food is dropping every day. Every day. He led them by a cloud by day and fire by night. He led them and provided for them every day. But they complained. When was the last time saints of God we took the time to tell God I thank you. I know my car got three good tires and one bad tire but God I thank you that I got transportation. God I know I don't live in a five bedroom mansion but I thank you for the studio that I have. God I know I don't have all the money in the world but I'm so glad that when I end the month I end the month in the black I may not have no money more money in the bank until payday comes around but I thank you God that you have provided for my daily Needs every day. You have met every need every day. In fact, all this shit for the past three months, you have met every need that I have. I have not gone without nothing. I have not lacked anything. You have made a way out of no way. You opened up doors. You created doors. You sent people to be a blessing to my life. You have taken care of me. When it was the last time you told God, if you don't do nothing else, you've already done enough. When's the last time you thank God for your life, breath, and strength? Where was the last time that when you left the doctor's office, you left dancers and shouting because there was no bad report? When was the last time you looked at your account and said, God, I thank you for the $2 I got? When was the last time you walked around your house? I thank God for my bed. I thank God for this lamp. I thank God for this table. I thank God for my shoes. I thank God for my underwear. I thank God for my shirt. When was the last time you told God, I thank you, God, for all that you have done for me if you haven't done it yet here's your time right now to thank him for what he's done i said here's your time right now to thank him for what he's done oh i still don't hear i said where's the last time you thanked him And it has to be Hallelujah. to a sovereign God. Thank you, God. For the look down at the people. That despite yes. their intentional triflesness you open up their eyes to see another day. Yes, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. You didn't have to do it. It took what they had. towards heaven and said God I thank you can you imagine the pressure (laughs) Jesus has set everybody down to eat and there's only five loaves of bread and two pieces of sardines 15,000 people looking at him and Jesus stands boldly before everybody Give me the fish. Give me the bread. God, I thank you. And when he thanked them, God multiplied. When he thanked them, God provided. When he thanked them, God God supernaturally moved on their behalf. Could it be that we haven't seen multiplication? Or provision, because we haven't taken the time to thank Him. Yes. They, added Come they still didn't get it, because when I said that, somebody should have broke out and started thanking God right there. I said, "Could it be that we don't see multiplication or provision because we haven't thanked them?" They still don't get it, because I, I, if I when I said that, somebody should have broke out and thanked them right there. Could it be? that we don't see the provision that we desire to see because we haven't thanked them. Okay, they still don't get it there for I said, could it be that we haven't seen multiplication or change in our lives because we haven't thanked them yet? Could it be that God is waiting for us to make the stage? If you thank me, I'll do it. If you look to me, I'll make the way. If you open up your mouth and say, Lord, I thank you, I will provide the way. I'll open the door. I know, I know, you waiting on because you can't see it yet. But can you thank God by faith? I don't see it yet, but come 2023 or before, we're gonna be a debt-free church. Come 2023 or before, I'm gonna be a debt-free house. My wife, my kids, come now. And not only did he thank him, but he moved by faith, Pastor Swear. Look at the text, y'all. Look at the text. 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 After he prayed, he gave it the food out to everybody, and as he gave the food out. It just kept, it kept going. It just kept. They, they passing the basket around. Let me, let, me get, let me go ahead and get two pieces, one for the roll. Let me go ahead and get, a little, let me get the middle part of the sardine. And they keep passing it and passing it. And they continue to multiply. But the end of the text says that everybody ate as much as they wanted. Verse 12. After everyone was full, mm-hmm. Jesus told the disciples, now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. Yeah. So they picked up the pieces and filled the 12 baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five loaves, the five barley loaves. I like this. When we trust God for today, He takes care of tomorrow as well. Yeah wish I had church with me today. When we trust God for today, he will take care of tomorrow as well. Pastor, I don't see it in the text. It's right there at verse 12 and verse 13. That when that when they packed up everything, every, everybody ate as much as they wanted to the point that not that there is leftovers. So he took care of the immediate need that they had then, but he also provided provision for tomorrow. Yes. When you trust God, I mean, when you really trust him, mm-hmm. when you really put everything in his hands, when you completely rely upon him, yes. when you intentionally get him involved in your affairs, here's what we do. So, say, sir, girl, let's stop doing this. Please, let's stop doing this. Let's stop getting God involved at the end. All right. Uh, I mean, can we just, can we... Can we, can we get God involved in the beginning? I'm telling you, the results and the outcome are going to be, you're going to save yourself so much stress. Just get God in the, in the beginning. Just, just, just involve again. Talk to God in prayer first and don't, don't wait till the end and then it becomes an emergency. But let's get God in in the beginning. When do we trust him? He will take care of today. And he'll take care of tomorrow. Thank you, Jesus. Can you imagine being there? 15,000 people. Hungry. Getting ready to hit the road to go back. And Jesus takes the time to be sensitive towards the needs of people. And not allow what they didn't have to stop her from having faith and trust in God. But to take what he did have and give God thanks for what he was about to do. And see God stretch and multiply. Two fish. and five loaves of bread. To see Jesus take a poor man's meal and provide enough for today and tomorrow for over 15,000 people to eat. If he was able do that. Surely, as Reverend Cross would say, surely yes. he can meet every one of my needs. I know we're living large and taking charge because those taxes don't hit our account. And you're walking tall because you got a little extra change in your pocket. But once your money has been spent, what, 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 what are you going to have to, to stand on? So it has to be God over everything. Yes, It has to be in God I trust. It has to be, God, I'm putting my faith and my trust in you. And that I'm putting everything into your hands. Lord, I'm putting my life in your hands. I'm putting putting my marriage in your hands, my family, my kids, my future, my past, my present. I'm putting it all in your hands. And all you and I have to do is just surrender. It's right there in the text. 15,000 people you all sit down. Not on the bench. On grass. Not knowing what's about to happen. But submitting themselves to the leadership of Jesus. That if he done told us to sit down, he must going to do something. And they surrendered. They submitted. They didn't run away. They didn't walk away. They submitted and they surrendered to the Lordship of Christ. And he took care of their today and their tomorrow. If only we would just trust him. Him writer said, just trust and obey for there's no other way than to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Glory, if only you and I would just take our hands off. Oh, I know I got some control freaks in the house. I'm looking at you. You're looking at me. Hallelujah. we could just let go and let God and not leave this for emergency situations, but allow this to be a lifestyle that every day, Lord, I'm trusting you every day. Don't you know, the enemy wants to cause us to walk in fear and anxiety, but God has not like, given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us Power, love, and a sound mind. We can walk boldly and confidently every day knowing that He is in control all the time. I can trust Him because He's in control all the time. Come on, clap those hands.